On the Healthy Human Revolution podcast, Dr. Lori Marbus interviews nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests whose informative and inspiring stories will empower you with the knowledge to transform your life and health. Welcome to the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and I'm so excited to have Doug Evans on the podcast with us. How are you today? I'm the best ever, thank you. So excited <laughs> to be here, doctor. Thank you, I love your energy, that's fantastic. <laughs> Excellent, so you have um, quite the, the stories of all amazing things, but I really am interested if we can get started, but how did you enter into your the plant-based journey and what was your vegan introduction like? Because you've been doing this for some time. Right, right, over 21 years. Wow. So. Yeah, so back in 1999, my aunt got diabetes and they chopped off both of her feet below her ankles. And my uncle got heart disease. And then my other uncle got heart disease. Then my other aunt had a colitis and IBS and was in terrible health. And my mother died of stomach cancer. My father died of heart disease. And my brother uh, became obese, diabetic, had atrial fibrillation and had the first of three strokes. And now he's had three strokes and a heart attack. Wow. And, and actually Dr. Clapper was his doctor at True North. Oh, so wow. World. So we sent him to be on the plant-based journey to you know, get his life back. And so I just thought that I was genetically cursed. I made no connection between diet, lifestyle uh, and longevity. Mm. And, um, in New York, I met my first vegan and I had never heard what vegan a vegan before. I thought it was short for vegetarian. <laughs> and in a relatively short period, in a two week period, I went from eating anything to vegetarian, then vegan, then raw vegan. Oh, and wow. so I've been raw vegan for the greater portion of the last 21 years. I'm strictly raw vegan now. And so probably over 17 of those 21 years, strict raw vegan. Wow. And, and I'm so, still alive. I'm still alive yeah. and kicking. Are you getting enough protein, brother? That's the question we always get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I kidding, mean, I'm kidding. Okay, good. Good. Thank you. Sprouts have a lot of protein, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's, it always cracks me up. Some of the questions you always get when you're just, especially with the raw, because, you know, I've, I've played around a little bit with different, you know, the raw vegan and it's a little bit harder. You know, my kids are older now, but when they were younger, being a mom and a doc, and it was just a lot of time that I just didn't have to feel like I could do it properly. But speaking of raw vegan, and now you have the Sprout book, can you tell us a little bit about that and how you became interested in, in sprouting? Yeah, so I'd been sprouting and drinking wheatgrass for 25 years, like five years, four or five years before I became vegan. So wow. I always just intuitively thought wheatgrass was really concentrated greens, greens had chlorophyll, that was good mm -hmm. for you. And I liked sunflower sprouts and I would eat mung bean sprouts in various soups um, and miso soup and I love that. And then, you know, in New York City, there's every type of cuisine. And mm. so I remember the alfalfa sprouts and I remember seeing them at the farmer's market. So I started to say, oh, like this is really healthy stuff. So I'd been growing sunflower sprouts, alfalfa sprouts and mung bean sprouts for five years before I was vegan. Wow. And then on my vegan journey, 
Sprouts were always a part of my life, but they were always a garnish. They're always something that I would um, snack on or add to a salad or something. But when I moved to the Mojave Desert and I live, you know, I'm in my yurt right now. I live near Joshua Tree. And when I moved here, the awakening moment for me was not only was I in the desert, I was in a food desert, right? Mm -hmm. So we had gas stations, 7-Eleven, Taco Bell, Burger King. Um, and the nearest vegan restaurant was an hour and a half away. Nearest Whole Food was an hour and 15 minutes away, no traffic. And like the idea of trekking there made no sense to me. So I'm thinking like, okay, how can I be here? Like, what can I do? And I had never had a garden before. I'd never farmed before. So that was, and to be in the desert, that was a whole different level of complexity. So all of a sudden, like I'm thinking, and I was like, oh, what about sprouts? I love sprouts. And so I was like, oh, what about sprouts? So I went online to buy sprouting seeds and sprouting equipment. And I couldn't believe the variety of seeds that were available. So, and they were relatively inexpensive. So I stocked up on all sorts of sprouting seeds from A to Z. And within 30 days, 50% of my diet was sprouts that I was growing in one cubic foot. Um, and like my mind wow. was blown. So wow. that was like, the awakening. And, and now, you know, it's so clear to me that people think of sprouts as a garnish if they think of them at all. Mm. Right. And I look at sprouts as vegetables. And so therefore vegetables to me are food. So sprouts are living vegetables. So super highly nutritious food. So like that's one way. And I'm like, wow, sprouts are food and I'm going to eat as many sprouts as I can. And like, I've been in the health industry for 21 years, but I've never, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist, but I have friends that are. <laughs> so I started to make some calls because I just was concerned. I knew on whole food plant-based diet, if you're getting enough calories then you're getting enough nutrients if you're whole food, plant-based, no salt, oil, sugar. So, so I felt like I'm getting enough, but I was very curious because maybe sprouts were too easy, right? Mm. Maybe <laughs> like it was a trap, right? And okay. so, and then like my mind was blown, right? After speaking to, um, Dean Ornish and Joel Kahn and Joe Mercola and Josh Axe and Mark Hyman. And I'm interviewing all these people. Some are functional medicine, some are paleo, some are plant-based. And what, what they had in common, what Joel Kahn and Josh Axe and Dean Ornish and Mark Hyman and Mercola, what they all had in common was they all were sprout lovers. Hmm. Like serious sprout lovers. They ate sprouts. They recommended sprouts. They grew sprouts. Like they were really into sprouts. So I said, wow. And so I started to accumulate some information and then I continued to eat my sprouts. And then 
I think that I planted the seeds not only in my stomach and in my gut, but they made their way to my head. And I said, this information is sprouting and bursting and I need, absolutely categorically need to get this out to the world because th this sprouts can be grown without soil, without sunshine, in days, not weeks, months, or years, and they are super nutritious. So like, why wouldn't everyone in the world be sprouting? Like that was like the question that I asked myself. So that's right. why I decided to write the book on sprouts. Absolutely. And it, it's, I love the title. It's like the sprout book. <laughs> there you go. That make that literally is it because you kind of walk through a, a few different things with this. Can you talk to us about maybe, you know, beginning uh, sprouting, maybe this is a kind of a new um, thing that some of us maybe have not done before. I've, I love sprouting. I think it's a lot of fun, but as far as, you know, how do you get started and what would be kind of like, where should we get our seeds and those type of things? Yeah. So the basic thing, right. Let's just, we'll back up a second doc. Okay. Right. So there would be no life on this planet without sprouts period. End of story, because sprouts are just the stage when a seed gets germinated and then becomes a sprout and then becomes a microgreen or a little green and then grows in weeks or months to a mature vegetable or a tree and starts bearing fruit. Mm -hmm. And so sprouts are integral to life on this planet. Mm -hmm. And so I, if you think about that, it's very common to eat seeds, sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, people eat those and people eat almonds and cashews and nuts. So the, the, what's more in vogue, especially in your hippie community outside of Boulder, right? <laughs> Sprouting and activating those seeds because by soaking the seeds, you remove the enzyme inhibitors and the phytic acid and you tell this complete living organism, AKA a seed, that when you add water, that it should wake up out of this dormant state and it becomes alive. Mm. So, so if you think about that, then um, we've all been exposed to things that have been sprouted at some point in their journey um, as a plant. So if you think about sprouting you know, from a level of environment, mm -hmm. right? It takes, and I'm gonna, this isn't a trick question. I ask everybody this question. How many gallons of water does it take to grow one pound of beef? Uh, was it 2,200 or something like that? Like 5,000 gallons. Wow. Because you have to water all that grain and then the cow has mm. to drink, drink water and eat the grain until it, it fattens up and goes to slaughter. Mm. It takes about 50 gallons of water to grow one pound of broccoli, mm. right? So pretty dramatic difference between beef and broccoli, 5,000 to 50. Mm. If you preserve your water, you can grow one pound of broccoli seeds or alfalfa seeds or other seeds with one gallon of water. Oh, wow. Right. So one five thousandth. So one fifth of one percent of the amount of, you know, water to, to grow the sprouts. 
So where do you get started? So the, the most important thing to realize is that sprouting is a term, right? Germination is a process. And so if you have something that's a raw seed, then that seed will sprout, right? The seeds will sprout. Mm -hmm. So what's happening today, it's becoming easier and easier to tune in on seeds that have been cultivated and grown for the purpose of sprouting. Hmm. So the, but I don't want to stand on ceremony. So if you live in downtown Denver and the only seeds that you can get are legumes from the bodega, um, they, they'd be better than eat than eating, you know, out of the can would be to get the fresh dry legumes or lentils, soak them and sprout them. Hmm. If they're watching your podcast or listening to your podcast, more than likely they're uh, electronically enabled and they could go on and choose something specific for sprouting. So they would choose sprouting seeds and you mm -hmm. can go online. My main criteria, if people have the choice, would be to get organic sprouting seeds that have been tested for pathogens and tested for a high germination rate. Mm -hmm. Because like set yourself up for success. <laughs> right. So the sprouting seeds are really top shelf, right? They're the, they're the best because they're the freshest and they'll have the highest germination rate. Mm. And then to sprout, there's a chapter in my book called junkyard dog, which just demonstrates how I was in the desert and I was intercepting things that were in route to the landfill or to the recycle station. And sterilizing those, washing those and using them for sprouting. So whether it's a clamshell container from a sandwich or a salad, it's a jar or it's a glass or it's a vessel or it's a colander or it's a salad spinner. So almost anything. The main, the main criteria for sprouting is you need to have seeds and water and the desire to help those seeds fulfill their manifestation of sprouting. Mm, that's perfect. So you use a variety of things. So where do you get your, where would you say someone who could go online? Where are the, yeah, the websites so, that you would recommend? Yeah. I mean, I buy my seeds from Sprout Man or from True Leaf Market. And okay. that's, you know, they've got good customer service. They've got high quality seeds. I usually buy my bulk from True Leaf Market and small packages from Sprout Man. And um, but I bought others, you know, whether it's Johnny Seeds or Mums and um, Sprout People. So I just have my criteria. A lot has to do with who has them available mm -hmm. and in the size and the quantity that I want. Now, when you speak about seeds, are there certain seeds that we can't seed and that are, are all seeds uh, safe to sprout and consume? I, I think the, the one seed or one legume that for whatever reason has strong documentation not to consume is the kidney bean, mm -hmm. right? Others, I think, and I cover them in my book are very sproutable. Okay. Some things um, you get very low yield on like sprouting celery seeds hmm. can take weeks and they grow really small. Like they, you know, celery for, really wants to be in the soil and grow this big stalks they don't like um, just hang out in the sprouting world. 
but things like alfalfa and broccoli and arugula and azuki and chia and all sorts of lentils and mung beans and soybeans, they sprout really well. They're mm. low cost, very accessible. Oh, I love the mung beans. They grow so big too, quickly. <laughs> You're just like, wow. Quickly, yeah. It's, and they're delicious. Absolutely, I love them. Yes, excellent. So would you, how would you recommend, let's say someone is just starting out and they're like, I don't even know where to begin. So where should, besides buying your book, um, where should they, how, how would you recommend they get started? I, I mean, the easiest thing is I would get a mason jar with either cheesecloth or a special screen that would allow the water to drain, but keep the seeds inside. Mm -hmm. And then they sell special stands but you could just as easily use uh, the dish, the dish rack right over the sink and leave the jar at the angle. Okay. And sprouting seeds. And okay. I'm going to just back up one more second for you, doctor. Okay. So, so the, the three primary drivers, like for me, is number one, sprouts as food, right? No question, sprouts are food. I can have entire sprout meals. My book, we developed 40 recipes that are all raw, that are all plant-based, and about half of the ingredients are sprouts, right? Oh. So sprouts are food. The second thing that I look at is sprouts as vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. Mm. So instead of having synthetic vitamins, why not grow your own vitamins in the form of sprouts mm -hmm. and sprouts, and you would know this more being a medical doctor than, than I do, although most medical doctors don't know a lot about nutrition, but <laughs> Um, the, the ability to have almost every single micronutrient, phytonutrient, polyphenol, bioflavonoid, prebiotic, probiotic, the individual um, amino acids that form proteins, the antioxidants, they're all in various sprouts. And hmm. you could pinpoint a folate you know, or soluble or insoluble fiber. It's all there. So hmm. the idea that you're better off... Um, eating your vitamins and getting your vitamins and minerals and nutrients from food mm -hmm. as opposed to um, a synthetic supplement and even protein powders that are typically you know from dairy and whey or even soy or or hemp protein extract or pea protein extract so much better off take a handful of garbanzo beans they have 380 calories <laughs> and over 20 grams of protein in the sprouted garbanzo beans. And wow. they're just easy. You can consume those on the third day. So, so the second, first thing for me is sprouts as food. Mm. Second thing is sprouts as vitamins and nutrients. And then the third and is the, was probably the biggest uh, revelation for me is sprouts as medicine. Mm. So mm. the sprouts contain really powerful and potent anti-cancer mechanisms like glucoraphanin, the precursor to sulforaphane. And so there's yet to be the, the deep research on the macro level of how all sprouts are medicine, but there's probably been 1500 um, peer reviewed research papers on broccoli sprouts alone in their treatment for autism, uh, hypertension and um, cancer yeah. and how they work on, on the cancer cells, um, how the sulforaphane 
is one of the leading detoxifiers for benzene. So I did a podcast with, uh, with Rip Esselstyn the other day, ex-firefighter. Firefighters could, you know, have a lot of um, pollution in their lungs from smoke or secondhand smoke or the like, and how sulforaphane can help detoxify um, and lower the levels of benzene wow. in, in the system. So there's a lot to that. And so when I look at sprouts as medicine, without even being a doctor, knowing that, oh, if someone is diabetic, mm-hmm. right, sprouts are low sugar, high fiber, high micronutrient content. So it can help balance the insulin levels and um, fiber is very filling. So by the sheer fact of eating sprouts, they'll, they have the potential of eating less so it can deal with, um, with obesity, uh, diabetes. Mm. Um, so there's all these different connections mm-hmm. of how to um, use sprouts as a medicine for both acute and chronic issues. And mm-hmm. the, the, there's, so, there's an issue, and I, I'm not gonna talk about the issue of autism connection to vaccines. That's a charged issue that I, I'm unqualified to talk about. But mm-hmm. what I can say and speak confidently of is that there's powerful research on how broccoli sprouts for, and the sulforaphane can create heat shock proteins, which basically simulate a fever for um, someone with autism. And when someone with autism is experiencing a fever or the heat shock proteins, they are experiencing less of the symptoms of the autism. Mm -hmm. So powerful, powerful stuff. Like if you're a mother, you know, and you have a kid that's out of control, like, feed them broccoli sprouts. Mm-hmm. And so th- there's so much that that I, I called my book, little plug on the book. No, please, I, yes. I called the book, The Sprout Book, because it's not a Bible, right? People wanted to be a Bible, it's not a Bible. What it is, it's, it's opening a conversation and the awareness to unleash the power of sprouts as the most nutritional, most nutritious food on the planet that's available and accessible to everybody that you can grow your sprouts without soil, without sunshine in days, not weeks, months, or years. And it's all upside, like eating sprouts are all upside. Yes. Well, eating plants in general is all upside. <laughs> yeah. But, but like the idea that sprouts can have 20 to a hundred times the nutritional quality of the sprout of the mature Amazing. vegetable that yeah. that the broccoli sprout. So it turns out there are some compounds like the glucoraphanin and the sulforaphane that exist in the cruciferous vegetables. And as the plant gets bigger and bigger, the sulforaphane just gets diluted. Mm. So it turns out that every seed is dosed a finite amount. So as the plant gets bigger, you may get more fiber, you may get more vitamin C, you may get more antioxidants, but you're not going to get more of the sulforaphane. So that's interesting. So do you need to chop or blend the sprouts to activate some of those compounds like you do in regular cruciferous vegetables, broccoli and such? Well, you, you have to chew them. Like the, in, chewing, order, yeah. in, in order to activate the 
the glucoraphanin. It mm-hmm. needs to be mixed with the enzyme myrosinase, which mm-hmm. is also inside the plant, but the chewing or the blending or the freezing or the grinding of them helps release that. So you get that fusion and explosion. Gotcha. Now also um, speaking of the nutrient profiles and what's happening. So you hear a lot about legumes and lectins. So what happens to those type of profiles when you're actually sprouting a plant? Is that lessened? I think that the, the lectins and the phytic acid are there to protect the seed, to keep sure. the seed in this dormant state. And by soaking them and rinsing them, you are removing those. So the, the you know, and first of all, I'm just gonna say this, that we have many, many, many big problems, you know, in society. I don't see lectins as- Absolutely not, but I get like, a lot of questions about them. <laughs> I, I mean, so I don't see that. So I almost yeah. don't want to endeavor down the path mm. of, of, of uh, being expository on something mm. that I think is a non-issue. There are probably, it's just like people who are still smoking cigarettes, but buying processed gluten-free crackers and think they're doing the right thing. Exactly. So I, I just have to- you Well, know, we, we know that cooking lessens the lectins, but I just was curious in the raw state, if you're, they're sprouting and they're growing a, do well, a similar type of fashion. Well, if you really want to say the, the in cooking, you need to cook them in a pressure cooker and you mm. need to use a specific brand of X, Y, and Z. So I, I, I don't want to go there. I don't know a lot gotcha. about that. I eat my, my things raw, um, gotcha. but I think there's probably um, some people who have real, real issues, dietary, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. most people non-issue. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as when you're sprouting and you're looking at different ways, you say you eat 50% of your plate is, or the recipes are uh, raw sprouts. Yes. Tell us a little bit about some of your favorite recipes and how people should be thinking about how incorporating them more into their diet on a daily basis. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting that I think the secret weapon for sprouting is sauces and dressings. Mm. And probably the easiest, most potent is the fat-based like paste of tahini. So tahini is really good um, because it neutralizes the flavors and the bitterness of it. Um, Ferments, so I love ferments. So fresh ferments, we're we're constantly fermenting, you know, in our kitchen today, but sauerkraut. So if you add sauerkraut, onto your sprouts. And then I also love um, spirulina. Hmm. So like last night, my dinner was two avocados, um, a few ounces of sauerkraut and uh, probably a pound of different sprouts. Wow. And so massive, massive. But I would say, don't try that at home (laughs) yet because you need to develop the microbiome and the intestinal flora, and you need to have the discipline of chewing those sprouts and staring at them because um, without that, like I've, I've had, you know, unconsciously like eating like sprouts while I'm watching um, something and 
then all of a sudden, like my stomach will will, will blow up and and feel like, um, you know. So so it's important to do that. I think little things like you know, it's a recipe. You know, where we have celery, we have tahini, um, we had some sprouts and then some raisins. So mm. it's just like you know, sprouts on a log, very simple. Mm-hmm. You know, to to consume. Um, being able to blend them, you know, into almost anything that you're blending, like it just adds a level of boost to any smoothie. Just throw your sprouts in. Um, you can freeze the broccoli sprouts and that actually opens up the cellular walls um, nice. and helps um, kind of r- combine the glucoraphanin and the myrosinase. So that's another uh, technique. So I think the biggest way to think about this is growing your own salad. So if you grow sprouts, you use them as a salad replacement. And then if you have them in your refrigerator and on your countertop, I'm a huge proponent of sprouts first. Mm. Like whatever you're going to eat, eat sprouts first. Very few people, present company um, included, eat sprouts as a dessert, right? Mm. So. So you want to eat the sprouts first. Gotcha. Excellent. Is there any way special form when you're freezing the sprouts that you have to prepare them or do anything, any blanching or anything or anything in particular to, to help with that? I mean, it's a, it's a good question. What I recommend is taking like the broccoli sprouts mm-hmm. and, and putting them in ice cube trays and stuffing each like little compartment with the seeds, then you add the water. So you're making broccoli sprout ice cubes. So then when you throw them into the blender, um, it's easy. I used to do that with extra kale grows wild in Colorado. So (laughs) we used to take our extra kale and make like little ice cubes and store them and throw them in smoothies and stuff. The kids love that. Speaking of kids, is there any particular seeds or sprouting technique that you find that's pretty easy that a, you know, younger children or even older school age children might really, you know, if a parent wants to get kids involved in the kitchen, I think it's so important in introducing this type of thing. I mean, I I think that alfalfa sprouts are great and lentils are great because they sprout so fast. And I think that if you gave the kid like some seeds and some water and a little bit of direction that they will be hooked Mm -hmm. on watching the exponential growth, and then they'll be curious to taste it. And they'll feel like they're part of that evolutionary process of those seeds and of those plants. And I can't tell you how many parents are sending me pictures that I call them sprout faces of the kids stuffing the faces, five years old, seven years old of seeds that they grew on their own, like sprouts that they grew on their own. That's amazing. It's a whole different level. I think the key for for a parent to get their kid to eat sprouts is you can't have TVs in the house. Mm-hmm. Like the, the kid has to, you know, be be outside and not be addicted to the screen because right. it's really hard for the the seed to provide the same type of stimulation as, you know, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> 
Uh, yes, we could talk all about that, raising children and the process of doing that for sure. Well, I mean, even my kids, when they were little, they they don't, I think every one of them had the little lima bean that they sent home and we sprouted and they just thought that was very cool. But my kids also played outside in sports before the internet was really <laughs> a bigger thing in their lives. But um, that is that is a blessing in itself. Is there any, I know where time wise, um, where we were sitting, you know, I want to make sure I, I'm respectful of your time. Is there any final advice that you would give to someone who want, who's introducing themselves to the sprout, um, sprouting techniques or anything at all? Yeah, I think the thing is that sprouts are really powerful vegetables, foods, nutrition, medicine, and that they're, there's not quite instant gratification. It's not a <laughs> pill that you could take. You need to do a little work. If sure. someone is of financial means and they want to go into the health food store and buy sprouts for $3, you know, for a little pack, then by all means do that. By all means do that. The most important thing is to just start introducing sprouts to the diet. The more curious you are about them, the more that people... Um, we'll, we'll see why they should be eating them. And that's what's happening to me. I think this week I did four podcasts, the book, right? This is a little paperback, right? <laughs> right, little paperback, black and white. It's in the sixth printing. Wow. Um, and Wonderful. out of all books on Amazon, it's like consistently between 1,100 and 20,000 of all books on Amazon. Amazing. And so I think that, and this is a small niche, right? It's not right. like vegetarian cooking, right? Big market. This is very niche. But so I, I think that we're on to something. I think 2021 is the year of sprouts. Like people are getting it. It's a great do-it-yourself thing, DIY, you know, especially while people are at home mm -hmm. and it's fun and What's fresher? I mean, the fact that you could literally be harvesting your own organic vegetables without soil on your kitchen countertop, like, come on. It's just like, I, I, I still can't believe. I mean, doctor, I can't believe why everyone isn't sprouting, right? right. If there was the, the level of enthusiasm for sprouting as there is for like, I don't know, like, the, the COVID vaccine, right? It's like, you know, it, what, what we do, and I, I wasn't going to go there, but we're going to go here for, for one minute. You brought us here. <laughs> I brought us here. That right. what, what the, the information that I'm hearing sure. is that, you know, aside from um, age, right, mm -hmm. which is a huge risk factor. Yeah. The, the next, what's the next risk factor? It's going to be your health conditions. Health conditions. So if you're overweight or heart if you're disease. diabetic mm -hmm. or have heart disease. Mm -hmm. So if you have a sprout first diet, doctor, mm -hmm. what's going to happen to your health conditions? Sprout first diet. I love that. <laughs> I, well, first of all, you're going to start seeing some improvement hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that, that, that we need to focus on eating sprouts like that's what we need to do and although i'm 100 percent plant-based i'm raw i i am not um telling everyone that they need to do that mm -hmm. what i'm telling them and inviting them to is 
um, there is now no more excuses. There were tons of excuses of being plant-based and vegan and raw, that it was um, eccentric, exotic, expensive, right? Mm. Eat cube, right? But now it's not. Now it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's advantageous mm-hmm. to eat sprouts. And there's no obstacle for eating plant-based if you can grow your own sprouts. So I think that's it. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Well, I mean, plant-based diets, it is, you know, it's a diet of the poppers. I mean, growing up ourselves, we didn't have money and we ate a ton of vegetables and beans and potatoes were this literally every day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, at, little, and look how you turned out. I turned out all right. I mean, I ate a little be- meat and some dairy, but, you know, over the time, I mean, it's, it's, it really is, trust me, my parents would not have bought anything that didn't cost that cost extra. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you're exactly right. Sprouts, um, I think should be pushed. I, I'm going to start doing that in my own practice. I see tons of patients a week and all plant-based, want to go plant-based or aspire to be plant-based. And I think sprouting is a, a really, um, it's a non-threatening, you know, entry into consuming more highly nutrient-dense little seeds. I mean, think about it. A walnut turns into a walnut tree. I mean, that's pretty incredible. All the nutrients that would go into something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. And I cover a lot of that in the book about the hugely multiplicative um, properties of seeds and sprouts. And, you know, uh, as you can tell, I'm excited about sprouts and (laughs) I'm, I'm really, it was so great to meet you over this zoom. I, I forget that like, I think we're just having a conversation and I realized like, oh my God, many people are going to see this. So I think I behaved. I feel comfortable. Well, thank you so much for your time. And, you know, everyone, thank you for listening. And I really hope they can find you. Where should people find you um, and connect? So on Instagram at Doug Evans um, and the sproutbook.com, the sproutbook.com um, is available in Kindle on Audible um, and in um, paperback. And if you sign up on my newsletter for at thesproutbook.com, uh, sign up on the list and I'll keep you informed of the things. And every day, you know, I'm answering questions and just sharing this information that is sprouting within me. And I will mm-hmm. say I've learned more about sprouts since I wrote the book than before. Oh, wow. So there'll be a volume two in your next printing? I mean, may, maybe, I, you know, <laughs> writing the book, you know, having not gone to college and not being, you know, someone who um, that's not how I learn and that's not how I normally share. But mm. I felt that this information um, warranted me um, having a level of discipline and being uncomfortable um, in in sharing, like I, it was worth it for me. Like this was my Mount Everest, writing oh, 60,000 words, 288 pages, no ghostwriter, just like, you know, banging it out, really, really painful to do. I'm yes. so glad it's over. Even <laughs> recording the Audible, like I recorded the Audible and I had the producer and the audio engineer and they are correcting every sentence that I'm reading, like every <laughs> sentence, like it was excruciating. Oh, wow. And at no, at no time did I flip them a bird. I just kept, <laughs> you know, just rolling with the punches, but inside I'm like, why didn't I just let them get someone else 
perform this book? Like, why did I feel like I needed to do it? And because I wanted, you know, I wanted to get the information out there as it's, I'm channeling it and sharing it. Well, I think it's more authentic. I love listening to books read by the actual authors because the listening, you hear the inflections and the, the really the, the changes in the tone and where they're emphasizing and it just brings, you know, the characters more alive for sure. But I have a friend of mine, he's in his second book. He just <laughs> finished doing the uh, audible component of that and recording. He goes, you know, I failed. They actually fired me from reading my first book. I was like, I like what? <laughs> they could fire you. They're like, yeah, oh, yeah, someone else. They said someone else would do a better job. I'm like, that's horrible. <laughs> it was really, it, I was like, whoa, okay. I never even dreamt that could happen. I'm like, you should have first dibs. <laughs> well, at, at some point, I think they gave up and they let me speak in my normal voice and they stopped trying to, uh, you know, to control me because I don't have the capacity to speak slowly. Like you know, I have my certain pitch and tone and enthusiasm and that's the way it was. And I think they're like, okay, we're just going to roll with it. So, <laughs> well, I mean, you are from New York. You speak a little fast up there. <laughs> that, that's, that's true. Well, doctor, I am yes. so grateful that we did this. And thank you. I um, appreciate everything and all your time. My, my pleasure. Good luck. Take care now. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed that interview. And if you could, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating on whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast. We really appreciate the feedback. In addition to this, I did want to let you know that we actually do video recordings of all of our interviews. And if you'd rather watch them, you can check out our YouTube channel at Healthy Human Revolution. There we also have other resources for you. One in particular I'm really excited about is called The Doctor's Inn. That's where I actually answer questions from the audience and do tons of topics like cholesterol, hypertension, diabetes, and just things to help you stay well. So check it out. and. Also, don't forget the HealthyHumanRevolution.com website where you have all the resources you need to actually start and sustain a healthy, whole food, plant-based diet.